Hi, I'm Kat. And I'm Emma. If you love the Dead Prank podcast, you can help support its future using the ACAST supporter feature. Now, it's up to you how much you give and there is no regular commitment. So if you can and you want to, please do hit the link in the show description to support now. Thank you. Thank you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'm Kat and I'm Emma and thank you for joining us once again on the Dead Parent Club podcast. Each week we're going to be talking about what it's like to be members of the Dead Parent Club and chatting to some brilliant guests about their grieving journeys. We'll also be hearing from people far more qualified than us that can give you some top advice on navigating this new normal. So welcome everyone to the Dead Parent Club. Now this week we are joined by somebody we both know very well and somebody that you might recognize from previous episodes in season one. So we wanted to cover basically what it was like for siblings that are grieving and how siblings grieve so differently. I myself have brothers and Emma has a twin brother and an older brother called Ben. So this week we are joined by Emma's twin brother, Sam. Yeah, because I know um, I know that me and Sam have both been on different grieving journeys and I think with this conversation today, it's likely that we'll both learn things about each other and the process we've gone through that we didn't know before. Definitely, and I think it'll be kind of a useful tool for anybody out there who is... You know, has a brother or a sister and you're kind of thinking why are we grieving so differently like you would think that maybe you want to talk about it more or you don't talk about it openly maybe so welcome to the human that I shared a womb with it's my twin brother Sam hiya Sam hello sis you're right cat hi welcome back Hello again. Hello, hello, hello. Not many people get a take two, so bless. I know. I know that we're rolling the red carpet out here for you, Sam. So, <laughs> I'm um... getting spoiled, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> um, but just, I guess we've got to start, Sam, with your version of what happened when yeah, mum's yeah, illness definitely. and what happened um, with her passing away. I think my version, it was interesting listening to you on the first episode of season two, because you, I realised you knew more than me i think um about mum was actually going to die but now if i remember my memories were very much mum was ill for a long time obviously from 13 to how old for the first time was it she got poorly in when we were 12 and then yeah and then she recovered after about was it about 18 months and then it came back when we were 17 so about four years later in my head mum wasn't going to die until well that car journey really so yeah, I think the car it, journey the, on the way to on the, on the way to the hospital. Yeah, it was kind of just the the feeling in the car was gave it away for me. And then we obviously got to to the hospital, and it was obviously glaringly obvious. But nobody sat you down and was like, "Your mum's going to die." I was never 
specifically told that and I, obviously it sounds like emma was aware and that actually i remember i was pulled over on the side of the road listening to it and i was i was quite shocked when emma knew and i didn't and i don't think it was done intentionally i think a lot of the information was being relayed through arnan and granddad which they were trying to I guess keep us positive and stuff but i always remember one incident coming out of college about three two weeks before she died and i was on the phone to nana and nana was like you know your mum's picking up she's doing well and she didn't imply that she was going to be okay, but that whole call gave me a feeling of this is good. So, yeah, it was never obvious to me, even as Emma remember, because I know you went to visit her in the day before she died in the night, that she was very up and about. And I think you might have had this cat, you know, just before your mum died, that they almost have a high, don't they? Mm, this, a few, a this, few days before, it was yeah. like mum was kind of like talking and cracking a few yeah. weird jokes about drinking milk to breastfeed when you have children nice. and um <laughs> what a memory <laughs> but no I'd, I'd been in in the hospital bed and mum and she was you know she's all there she's talking absolutely fine i think if i remember rightly we'd, we'd been a few days before it looked like she was going then but in my head i thought oh she's got better again on that on that day before the final night so yeah i left and what i think what stuck with me and i think i remember saying this on the first time i came on was that it haunted me for a while that I left really quick because I was like, I just turned 18. I'd just passed my gyrant test. I forget exactly what my mates were wanting me to go and do with them, but I left quite early. And then we were back there in the middle of the next night. And obviously at that point she was already basically brain dead and gone. So yeah, it was all quite an experience. Yeah. What I remember though, Sam, is that although you might not have known mum was going to die, you'd had this lovely memory with her where, because she was obviously bed bound, there were wipes, I think, in the hospital room and you had been wiping her and, and helping her clean herself, I think, hadn't you? And she was enjoying it. And I remember thinking, because, you know, none of us really knew that that was when she was going to pass away the next day. And to be honest with you, the only reason I thought mum was going to die was because I overheard a conversation. I was sat in the kitchen, there was a conversation taking place in the dining room between Nana, Grandad, Steve and Ben. Mm. That That is when I ran upstairs and said to Claire, I rang Claire, my friend, and said, my mum's going to die. But I remember after she'd passed away thinking how lovely it was that you'd actually got that memory with her. So in your mind, it's interesting that you perceive it as you rushed off. But I always remember thinking mm. how happy mum was that she had this memory yeah. of you helping wipe her and clean her and laughing. Do you remember that, that? Yeah, well, that was, to be fair, that was the day before she died in that night. And I remember doing it, yeah. So basically bathed her with wipes because mm. she couldn't do that herself but you know i'm okay with it now in hindsight it's been what is it now 12 years i think nearly 13, uh, 13. good maths uh, sorry mum i hope you're not offended by that <laughs> <laughs> but yeah now i know what you're saying but in that moment that, that lingered with me for a while but i guess yeah that kind of offsets me racing off that I had that moment with her this is just really interesting that this is the first time that you two have had that specific mm. conversation mm about Sam yeah. saying he thought you knew, because like, I bet Sam, not to be the devil advocate here, but I bet Sam was a bit like, why did she not tell me? To be honest, I I didn't know Emma knew specifically until I sat and listened to the season yeah. uh, season two, episode one, where Emma really came in. And I don't know, it's weird, because we're really open, aren't we, sis, about mm. our emotions. But I feel like the specifics of that, I don't know, maybe we, we haven't talked about it loads, but and I really, I enjoyed listening to Emma's side like I was nodding along and it's like and I learned a lot and even though that's my twin who we speak about a lot of things it's strange how we avoided clearly certain questions 
Do you know what it was for me? And this is why even now I feel really emotional hearing you talk. It's, I think the reason I've never had that conversation specifically about that night mum died and that kind of time is because I think it hurts me so much when I think about it that I'll get upset if I think about how hurt you are. Going against everything I believe yeah. in, I've never wanted to bring it up with you because I hate the idea of, I know it hurts you and I don't mm. want to hear it. Just that selfishly, yeah. I'm no, like, I, I don't want my brother being upset. No, I, as that. somebody that knows both of you quite well, I know that you're both very open about your feelings, but we're also so open about our feelings in a way that becomes partly jokey. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like when you're you're so like, oh, I, I talk about death all the time, but actually talking about the nitty gritty of what happened mm. and how sure. you felt straight after that happened and how you both dealt with it differently, actually brings up so many painful emotions that you would rather just kind of yeah not go. Yeah. And I think a lot of people listening to this who've got siblings, me included, will be able to resonate mm. with that. I, th I think it's really good for me and Emma to reflect. Obviously, our Nana died last June and and, and Emma think, has realised we deal with it in some different ways. That like Emma posts videos of Nana on our WhatsApp group and I'm very much out of sight, out of mind, whereas Emma likes to see other things. And I think for me, it sounds so brutal, but I never forget that mum died, but maybe not having those conversations, like Emma said, it, it avoids the the brutalness of bringing it up and then the emotions that we maybe try and press down, even after all this time, I don't know. Yeah, just on that, I created a WhatsApp group recently that was called Memories of Mum and Nana. And I was like, for, for me, for me, my twin brother and my older brother. And I and I was like, right, guys. For forcing I'm, it upon them. Yeah. Yeah, right, because I was like, right, this is a great opportunity to share photos, yeah. videos and memories. I get it. It's a nice sentiment. Yeah, but so far, there's only one entry yeah. from me. <laughs> I think I think the same thing would happen if I tried to do it with my Yeah, you just my get brothers. ignored. They told me it's a nice idea, but that's it. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> we've talked about then the day before your mum died so what about the day that she died and both of you were there yeah, right yeah. when it when it happened but so how did you react straight after that sam what were your initial movements or thoughts after that i forget the exact time but i remember i'd stayed at one of my really close friends and i'd got picked up from that house that night so yeah we, we got there early hours of the morning i think and I do remember it, it being light, right? And obviously this is in March. So, and, and, and I think I miss highlighted that point that my first reaction was to leave the room. I think I, if I remember rightly, we waited until she'd fully gone. And there's that, you know, mm. kind of awful, I call it a death rattle. I don't know if that's <clears throat> the official term, but yeah, I can't listen to that on any sort of uh, hospital programs anymore. It scares, it scares the shit out of me, frankly. Yeah, and then after that, I walked outside and just sat on a bench. I think I rang a few of my friends. I rang my friend Will and it, it was really early, but he answered. And I remember him going into his mum and dad's room because, you know, he's still 18. He's still really a kid. And they were more upset than me. Like I was saying it as clear as day, like I am now. Calm, yeah. cool. My mum's just died and Will started crying. And this is really in the morning then. I heard Will and Will's mum and dad start crying. And I'm just really relaxed. Like, it's all right, guys. Just like as if they're the one who's, Straight, who's lost the parent. Instantly, you become you the one that's consoling other people. Oh, yeah. Like, Don't worry about it. I'm fine. <laughs> but I think I remember remember where I stood. And, and I, I remember where I stood because I stood in the exact same place when Nana died last oh. June. And most probably told you, Kat, that Nana died in the same ward as mum in the same hospital uh, all that time later. So yeah, it's kind of like that must be my go-to grieving spot uh, in the car mm. park of the hospital. But yeah, I remember discussing with Will. Even then, it sounds really odd now, but I was saying like, I'm going to run a marathon for charity for cancer. That was actually oh. one of the first conversations I had. 
Now, I don't have the best knees, as you both know, so that never actually happened. <laughs> That's very much your personality type, though. You're very much a doer. Yeah, sure. Like, your way of coping would be, mm. like, have a structure in place to get mm. something done to feel better about it. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Sam, obviously, you've changed a lot since mum died, I mm. think. I feel like you have. And I think I have too. Mm. Um, do you think me and you grieve and respond in different ways? I think the WhatsApp group says it all. <laughs> yeah, I think, I don't know, I think there's different aspects to it, isn't it? Like, mm. we have a very similar personality in, we, we're so open, like Kat was saying, and I guess our humour around it is similar. But I guess, I feel like maybe you're willing to talk about the ins and outs and the nitty gritties more than me. Because I, like I say, have that kind of, um, out of sight, out of mind kind of approach. But yeah, I think maybe, or do you think I think we do have different sides, but at the same time we share quite a similar personality as well? I think we are both very similar. But yeah, I think also with that, we are also sensitive to not just how much it hurts us, but how much it hurts, like the other person, you. Mm. Like I, I'm conscious, I would probably be more open speaking about the nitty gritty with some of my friends than with you because mm. I know that it would hurt them less than it would mm. hurt you. And even though that's counterproductive almost because actually to talk about the nitty gritty means that you're airing some of the most painful bits and with that comes a bit of relief sometimes. Yeah, but it's such as is the way that we grieve. Um, how do you feel like, because I've seen you from being your twin sister, from my point of view, I've watched you grow a lot since mum died. You know, mm. I know we both went to the same university and we weren't we weren't that close then really, were we? But then- It's news to me. And I've, well, well <laughs> like I say, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I um, and No, but you've changed a lot as a human being. I think, again, in my experience, you might disagree, but you used to be more of a, a closed book with things mm. and you held back and you were more reserved. And I think you held a lot more in. And I think you didn't quite know who you were for a period after, which is really natural because you'd lost one of the most significant figures in your life. But mm. I feel like now you've found, you've carved your way into this identity that has been partly born out of the loss that you've experienced. I mean, you think about Sam being like a, what, a conveyancer he went to uni to do or something? Quantity surveying, yeah. Quantity yeah. surveying, I mean, yeah. what the, like, I mean, I'll be thinking honest. About, thinking about that now is like, wow. Yeah, be farther removed. Mm. I think, I think me and, I remember when me and Emma got our college results and I think we were just happy to get away, weren't we? Although, mm. and, and you know, I know you were saying back then we weren't really close, but I, I liked knowing you were literally on the other side of the court at my university halls. But mm. I think my logic there was, I must do something practical if I'm going to get into this map date, quantity surveying. And then obviously swanned off to Australia for a year, didn't I? And I think I learned the difference between kind of what's expected of you uh, through social norms and actually doing what you enjoy. And I guess that's where meaning for me became very important in what I do, which you both, I guess, will feel personally as well, if that makes sense. Obviously, you've kind of mentioned that your mum died. You were doing your A-levels, weren't you, soon after mm. you went to uni. Was there at any point for you a time when you were like, my mum's dead, like I'm not going to see her again? Or do you think your grief is like, continue to trickle out over mm. the past 13 years you always feel like they've gone on an extended holiday yeah. and and i think there's certain things that no matter how much time passes you get to this kind of point where you accept it i don't know i think if i'm really honest i think i've i've found it easier to 
if I compare the death of my nana, who is basically like another mother, I found that easier to accept in some respects. And with mum, I guess, if I'm yeah, really being honest, I've shelved a lot of that and, and compressed a lot of that. And I think that's what caused a lot of stress for me. Obviously, um, at the end of university, I got diagnosed with colitis, which is a stress-based mm-hmm. um, disorder. Um, really strange, I went for two root canals a couple of years ago and at the end of it the dentist was like can i ask you a question i was like yeah yeah sure and he's like have you been stressed for a long time right mm. and i said i guess so you know and i actually just bluntly went my mum died when i was 18 and he was like oh, okay um mm-hmm. and he said i said why and he said because your teeth have ground down on one side and that's a sign of stress so you'll probably both agree with this and i think in the moment you don't realize you're stressed so you look back and think i was stressed and maybe still am on some levels but yeah it has physical ramifications as well how much do you remember of mum, Sam? That's a question, eh? I, you know, I know I was saying that like out of sight, out of mind is, is a wonderful thing, but I guess it's that extreme because mum died just before camera phones became a thing. So, you know, with, when I again go back to Nana, I've got literally hundreds of videos of me and Nana and I hear her voice and I see her face clear as day and her moving. With mum, we don't really have much of that now. Dad put something, didn't he, in our WhatsApp a few months ago. Like he'd uploaded some really old VCR footage onto DVDs, oh, and wow. Mum was in it. And you know the people I was with, I was showing them, and it was actually really emotional for me. It triggered a lot of things because I had forgotten what Mum's voice sounded like. I forgot her, her expressions, her movements, and to see her moving around and to hear her definitely put the hairs up on my back. It's weird, so it all clearly sits in the subconscious, but I in my conscious awareness I've forgotten what she sounded like and when I heard it it was like bang there it is and it's like that childhood trigger but yeah he, these videos me and Emma were like I think one of them is at our birthday party and we were like four oh, or yeah. five um, they're amazing and uh, mm. do you know what Sam I sat in my hotel room in London on my own and dad sent I mean about five hours of footage oh, yeah. it was brutal it? it was like let's have some more yeah. have some more and yeah but, and I loved it I sat there and just watched it on Aww. loop I was yeah. like I can watch this again and then I'm going to rewind and watch mm. that bit again and even seeing Sam and Ben when they were little and the way we were together mm. as siblings because we've got an older brother called Ben even that it was just lovely and like you Sam it triggered so many nights it made me feel closer to mum because in many ways I've forgotten my memories of her Hey I'm Ryan Reynolds at Mint Mobile we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I've always been interested to know if, because I don't have a woman now 
in mm. my world. Mm. I've always been interested to know if for you and Ben and even for dad, if having me helps or is in any way reminds you of mum. I mean, you're a bit of a nightmare, aren't you? But, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yes. But was looking after you, kid. But um, no, look, I think, you know, and a lot of people who knew mum, who were maybe mum's age and now know you, there's a lot of mum in you, I think. And there's a lot of your your personality, but also I think your looks and the way you act. And I think, you know, mum, or you reminded me of mum when I watched those videos. It's nice that I reminded through you, I guess. Um, definitely. Sam mentioned earlier that obviously he dealt with some feelings of guilt of like walking out. Mm. You felt too fast or too early in the night before. Have either of you ever had a conversation about the different feelings of guilt that you feel? Because I feel like guilt, we've talked about this before, haven't we? You know, guilt and, and grief is so paramount. Is there anything that you feel guilty about when it comes to your mum? Loads. There's mm. loads of stuff. I, I, I don't know if I said it on the original podcast at the start of season two. I don't know if Sam knows this, but when mum was dying, I know that she said to Nana, she walked in and she said, where have you been? I'm dying. And she didn't say it in front of us, but she said that to Nana. And then she said, I just want to be a good mum and a good daughter. And I feel guilt that she passed away thinking she was neither of those things. And actually, they were probably the jobs that she did better than anything else. Mm. And I'll never get the chance to sit with her and say, I just want you to know, please, that you were a good mum. Because, you know, she laid the foundation in her 18 years. Mm. She really did, didn't she? And you're both brilliant. I mean, she did a good job, didn't Mm. she? See, I've never heard that. Mm -hmm. So I think even now I'm learning things that you heard that I didn't um, and I think yeah, I think a lot of that was probably I mean, wasn't it I was already spending a lot of times at a lot of time at dad's around the corner so maybe I missed the true in depth of what was going on that you had because you always stayed at mum's more than me yeah and I know obviously being at mum's I know when mum was weak and vulnerable I won't go into detail but I know that things happened that I felt guilt about and I sometimes wish that I was older, wiser Mm. and better equipped to deal with it. I don't feel that I ever provided a space for her to feel safe Mm. in. And I know Nana and Grandad and and Ben, because Sam, I'm sure you'll agree, Ben really shouldered the bulk of the burden Mm. because- Yeah, I was going to ask you about Ben because obviously he's a few years older than you, but he is Yeah, I think Ben definitely shoulders a lot. But in terms of what I blame myself for, I think a lot of mine was after mum died, actually. I know I had said it, that I left early mm. um, on the final day, but I think as a 17, 18-year-old lad, I was oblivious, maybe chose to be oblivious to what was going on. And I think I hadn't heard what Emma had heard. So I'd seen it all before. It sounds so brutal, but 13, 14, she got better then, she'll get better again. I think a lot of my, um, within myself was actually, it sounds really strange, but I had this obsession of going to the grave every day. I don't even remember this, Emma. Um, you went there with was... Domino's pizza one night. Oh, you, after yeah, I just sat and cried with Domino's with my mate Will, who I think he he cried more than me on the pizza actually. But um, yeah, for salty <laughs> for a long time, I I couldn't let a day go by without going to the grave, and it took me a lot of psychological willpower to start to say mum because I I felt I'd do mum an injustice if I didn't go every day. So you still have so much to say at that mm-hmm. age, don't you? And like. That's the kind of thoughts that I had as well. Like, obviously, I was only 19 mm. and like, oh, was I 20? One of the two. But like, I still had so much to say to my mum. So like, I used to, I still do sometimes like lie in bed, say like mum out loud and actually mm. talk to her yeah. because there are so many things that you mm. didn't get a chance to say then and things that you regret and things that you 
wish that you'd been nicer about or things that you wish you could say to them and stuff. So but interestingly, I would actively avoid normally going to the mm. grave. And the same with Nana, because I find it a real stark reality when I see a yeah. slab with their name on it. And so I kind of have in my mind said, you know, they're not there, they're within mm. you, they're part of you. Mm. So it's interesting the different takes on that yeah. because that offered me the reassurance that any situation I was going mm. into or anywhere I was, I was never alone because mm. they were there. But I, I really, to this day, and I don't, I've never told anyone this, but I struggle. I struggle looking at a grave. Yeah. I, I can't deal with like reading Nana's or Mum's name on it. I, I hate it. And so I will try and leave as quickly as I can. I think I'd be the same, you know, it's in, for some reason we, we scattered my mum's ashes at the same grave where her mum was buried and a lot of her other family. We haven't got a gravestone there. We haven't got her name written on anything. And I think I'd be the same as you if there was, I do want to put something there at some point because I think it's important for future generations. But I think going there and seeing that name and that death day and yeah kind of i can imagine it's, it's a real it's face. a hit of reality yeah. isn't it and and it, you know as beautifully designed as you know a headstone <laughs> is it's not my mum and it's not my nana and yeah. it's just their life and actually there's so much life within these two dates that you're reading on a, a headstone that no one ever no one walking past would necessarily know and i keep that up here and in here and i think that for me that round. knowing sounds odd they're under the ground you know i mean yeah. one was buried nana was cremated i think that gives me a closeness but yeah. it's nice to have a space i think that's dedicated to Absolutely. them and yeah. like if yours is in your bed looking at videos and that's your yeah. space isn't it yeah. like i think everybody's individual grieving space is different yeah, yeah definitely i'd be so interested to know like because obviously my, my brothers are seven years nine years older than me and I've never had a conversation like this really about mm. grief with them. Yeah, we don't we don't talk about it. And like my, I found out recently my my eldest brother he deleted my mum's number like days after she died off his phone. I've still got it. Like yeah. I've still, I won't delete it. And yeah. obviously I talk about grief a lot. But my brothers, when we're with each other, we don't really. If we do, it's like a one word. But similar mm. to you, Sue, I don't think we would ever talk about the day that it happened I think it's, it's those kind of nitty-gritty it's feelings. easier I agree with Emma like I feel like probably Kat you when we've been on walks and stuff I've probably told you more detail than Emma and I think that's the thing isn't it? maybe it, I don't know it's just so personal to everyone in the family that you find mm. your release outside but there's an expectation that. isn't there? there people kind of say to you oh you get so much closer to your family after you lost someone and maybe for some people that is because they talk about it for some people it might be because they get closer because they've realized the value of family, but they don't, that's mm. probably similar with you two, but they don't talk about grief. And yeah. there's people that actually, unfortunately, just completely kind of implode when something yeah. like that happens. But I did, one of my nicest memories of you, Sam, and talk about your mum is when you drove us both to her old house yeah, on the estate yeah. in Rudheath, and mm. you were like talking about like different things in the house and your neighbors mm. and stuff and memories from when you were younger. And I think, it is true. Sometimes you can. It's just natural to be able to open up to other people. And yeah. if somebody is listening and they are newly mm. bereaved, I think there isn't, don't feel a pressure to feel like you have to mm. have your family as the people that are the ones you speak to. Talk to whoever you mm. feel yeah. you're most comfortable talking I, to. I think you, you find that quite common. I bet if you asked other grieving people, they'd probably mm. find more solace in their friends than their family. But I think the closest me and Emma have got to that is um, 
trying to pull the number six sign off uh, Mum's house, Emma, that was <laughs> yeah. cemented on that. Do you remember that special fairy one? Yeah, that's still there now. Yeah, you can't get it off. We've, we've tried, haven't we? <laughs> no, Sam was like, I've got this plan. If we go in the middle of the night and we put balaclavas on, we can get it off. I was like, Sam, that's theft. If we get caught, we can get in trouble. It was my mum's. <laughs> yeah, it's rightly ours. So basically we lived at number six and mum loved fairies and she had a special number six with a fairy, a plaque on it. But it had been so well drilled into it the It was cemented we, on. It was, it pretty, was cemented, yeah. yeah. So we couldn't get it off to take it with us when we sold the house, Aww. which means, and nor has the current owner because it's still there now. Yeah, that, that's the thing. I still, how, how often do you drive past mum's house, Sam? Um, I'll I'll probably go down there. I don't know, once every couple of months. I mean, it was really nice for me. Obviously, um, the next door neighbour who I grew up with, his family still live mm. there. So when he's back, I'll go around, and it's really hard. I'm like, I don't know what the people in that live in there now must think of me because I'm like the ultimate nosy Parker, <laughs> just staring through. Like, you know, oh, they've still got that. They've still got this. Um, yeah. But it, yeah, it brings back a lot of a lot of memories. Some good, some bad. Because obviously, mum was in the hospital bed downstairs for the last, I think, was it weeks, Emma? Or even months of her life? Months, yeah, I think it was yeah. last months, really. So it's mixed um, emotions. A question that I got from one somebody that follows the podcast on Instagram about sibling grief was whether either of you kind of approached your health differently after loss, so whether one of you is <laughs> more inclined or like more worried about impending death yeah. <laughs> um, and whether somebody else hasn't found that effect uh, I, I think that's definitely the case yeah here. I mean, with me do you know what this is quite well time because emma messaged me last week thanking me for all i've done to get her into a good health routine but actually i oh. think i said to emma that's your own doing i might you might have seen me do it but you've embedded that in but you mm. know what i've said cat 100 percent. i know the, the irrational fear of getting cancer, of dying mm. at 48. And it's not obsessive. I think I've been through an obsessive phase for that reason. Um, but obviously now it's it's my job. But even at the core of my job, I I, I remind people that disease, lifestyle diseases are a thing. And you know mm. we can never know how mum got cancer. And I would never even think about going into pondering it. But yeah, I think definitely what spurred me on into this life of health was driven by, by that. And also that my colitis, my bowel disease, that was, I think was a cause of the stress of that. One thing I want to ask both of you is, do you have any advice to people in a similar position to you guys who have siblings, a way maybe to instigate that conversation or even just general advice on how they should feel about their sibling in grief? Well, one thing I've learned today is there's a lot that we didn't know even to this day, you know, 13 years on, 31 years of age. So um, I don't know, maybe it would, if I'd look back at what I would have found easy to do, maybe writing it in a letter form. Do you know what I mean? Just to lay it out there. Because I think it's been looking at someone in your family and talking about it, it's a difficult thing. Writing it, it's said in a lot of areas of our lives, and it? to write stuff down is a lot easier. So maybe write it down, lay out if you want to talk about it or not. You know, I think maybe Emma was got the feeling that I didn't want to talk it back then and, and she was pretty right. So I think it's just clarity more than anything. I think remembering it's a process, yeah. isn't it? Mm. And also that as, you know, shown in mine and Sam's approaches, 
you're not the same. Mm-hmm. Um, don't even expect twins. that you're, yeah, even twins are not the same. Mm-hmm. Don't expect your sibling to want to grieve or talk about it in the same way you do. And don't put the pressure on yourself to feel you have to talk about it in the same way your sibling does if you have a sibling that's really open about it. Mm-hmm. But I would say if you do decide, oh, I'd like to talk about it, maybe quite literally say to your sibling, can we talk about the death of our mum or dad? Can we, please, can we talk about it? And then maybe go to a quiet place. I know there's a cafe um, near us. It's a lovely cafe that overlooks the church mm. where mum is. And me and Sam have been there a few times. It was Sam that introduced me to it. And I know, for example, that if we were sat on a bench there, me and Sam, that is the kind of place where I think we'd both feel we yeah, could open up true. and talk about the details yeah. of it a little more. So yeah, maybe so find a space if you both decide you do want to talk about it. I think go what, there. what's obvious there though, even though, you know, we're twins, even we see the world differently and we respond differently. And if twins are, can respond that differently, then siblings who aren't twins can probably respond even more differently. So I guess how I see the world is still very different to how you see the world, isn't it? Yeah, and also just if you look at your sibling and think, how are they coping so much better than me? You know, which you will want them to be coping, of course you will, but don't don't think that just because they seem to be coping better than you, they are. They mm. will, nobody grieves, nobody loses such a mm. huge, you know, a huge, nobody has such a big loss without feeling that, mm. the weight of that impact. And in whatever way, they are processing that and they mm. are experiencing that in their own way. And just because they might not on the surface appear to be struggling, doesn't mean they're not underneath. Yeah, um, so, you know, ask them if they want to talk or if they want to mm. help us. So my final question to you, Sam, is I asked Emma this on our first podcast of the season. But what is one of your kind of favourite memories of your mum? Like, how do you remember her? Mine's really odd. My my last memory of mum specifically of her not being in hospital was I had to have or I was needed to have a routine operation to remove a lump from my chest. It was a benign lump and I didn't want to do it. And mum was like, you know, you do this for me, please you do this for me. And that was one of the last things that she she said, and that sticks with me. And I'm glad I had that operation because then obviously she went on to die. But in terms of memories, it's hard for me because it's been that long. I think I rely more on the videos that dad's pulled out. I know that sounds really sad. Um, and I think, you know, I would I didn't go on a lot of holidays that Emma went on with mum where you'd, you'd have those moments. And actually I'm looking at the photo now that Emma had printed for me in my bedroom and that's probably one of the oldest photos I've got with mum and I'm like five so a lot of people think my mum died when I was like five or six I'm like no no it was 18 mm-hmm. but just, I was a fully grown yeah. adult <laughs> yeah yeah it's just uh there wasn't really the the camera phones there and that was the only time back then when you'd get photos so yeah it's it's more her telling me to get an operation which is odd <laughs> Still valid. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really is. It is. And and it would be interesting one day, Sam, for us to sit down and share our own memories of mum because I think as we spoke with each other, we'd, they'd probably mm. more memories would unfold because I have mm. like cognitive block. Like I can't remember a lot of stuff about mum. They do say memory is like a muscle though, isn't it? And you have, and if Sam, obviously he said, you know, his coping mechani- mechanism block. is to yeah. kind of, you know, mm-hmm. not, not in, in your mind. Mm. So like if you kind of live your life like that, you're less likely to be able to kind of flex that muscle, aren't you? I think there's, there's certain- Never too late. There's uh, there's certain triggers as well though, isn't there? You know, mm. you made me think that Emma, there's, I remember years ago, I was training someone in the gym and a lady walked past me with a perfume on 
I don't know the Dolce name of the Gabbana. perfume, but it was mum's, put it that way. And automatically wow. my, my mind exploded with memories mm. of mum and it actually stopped me to the point where the, the client was like, are you okay? And I had to go over to the woman and, and, and ask her, God knows what it was called, but I asked her specifically, <laughs> that's be weird, but what's, <laughs> yeah. what's your uh, perfume? So I guess... It's not like my dead mum. Do, yeah. do you know what though? I used to, that is Dolce & Gabbana, that perfume, the, right. you know, with the one with the red lid. Mm. And I used to, for a very long time, I couldn't afford it. So I just used to go into boots, spray mm. it on the test. Samples. <laughs> I just used to, I did, I just used to walk around smelling it to remind yeah. me but of mum. My mum was an old school Yves Saint Laurent gal. Yes. So, like, did you do the same? Oh, yeah, just... yeah, the really old ones. Yeah, really strong. I'm not gonna lie, I would never wear it. Very it strong. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Like, if I smell it, it smells like. Her. But smell and and music as well. well I know we mum was a massive Bruce, Bruce Springsteen fan. Oh yeah, exactly. both that. I was and just we gonna say that. Springsteen, sure. Mm. Yeah, but the triggers so, yeah. aren't they? I think that's the point. It's associative learning. You can hear, see, or smell something, and all of a sudden those memories that you thought you'd lost come back up to the surface. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on and for. Talking to each yeah, other. I've learned a lot about my own twin sister. <laughs> Thank you, Sam. Thank no you problem. so much. And if anybody you. wants to get in touch to talk about their own experience or to share their own experience of sibling grief, then you can reach out and chat to us. Yeah, you can email us hello at deadparentclub.co.uk or find us on Instagram at deadparentclubpodcast and we're on Facebook and Twitter as well. So thank you so much, everybody, for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Bye. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.